Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where today we're going to talk all things WTA. Joining me, as always, from the other side of the country, it's not quite as early as it was last time, Spread. I mean, the sun's already up by now. You've had your Rockstar and Gatorade. What flavors did we go with? Uh, today I went with um, just the orange, a mandarin orange. Uh, mm. But I have bad news. I mean, there's no sun right now. We're completely under a veil of smoke. The wildfires have struck again. There's ashes falling everywhere. I mean, it's like po- post-apocalyptic over here. So uh, not the wonderful weather that I usually get to brag about. Well, Jorge, do they have fires in Canada, or is it just too cold to ever have anything burn? Uh, we have them at the cottage, but we gotta, <laughs> we got to make them. That sounds tough. That's a lot of work. We should go. If you go hang out with Spread, apparently they're just around everywhere. So that's one of the nice parts of California, scenic fires. Um, you know, hopefully everyone is okay, Spread. It sounds like you're doing fine. You're not too worried about it, but hopefully nothing too bad happens. Anyway, we've got some tennis to handicap. The uh, Cincinnati, or the Western and Southern Open, if you will, is uh, coming. We're starting this week. Just to be clear and make sure everybody knows, they are not playing in Cincinnati. Um, tennis has set up a little bubble in New York, so they're actually playing there. Um, before we jump into the draw, though, one of the interesting things, and we were talking about this beforehand, um, there's been a lot of discussion, I think, on social media, maybe not a lot, but a little bit of chatter around the surface itself. You know, So we're on hard courts this week. We know that when it comes to hard court, you can have a pretty wide variation in terms of speed. You know, location sometimes makes a difference, but you even start to think about maybe the difference between like, you know, Indian Wells and then the Rogers Cup, um, things like that. You know, subtle differences. Now, um, Jorge, you were talking and we were chatting a little bit about that. What are your thoughts in terms of hard court surface speed? Is that something that you try to handicap and try to assess, or is that um, more of an afterthought for you? Yeah. So. I know a lot of people, and I understand the rationale behind uh, wanting to include that in your handicap. For me personally, it's more of a, you know, the the last line of defense or the last thing I look at to potentially move me from, you know, uh, two units to one and a half unit. Maybe it skews my percentages a tiny bit uh, and, and either reduces or potentially increases my edge uh, microscopically. I don't it is not a deciding factor for me. So I, I don't look at something and say, oh, the court speed here is going to favor this person. That means I go from no value to value. I'm making a bet on it. So it is important, and I, I don't want to discount it completely. But at the same time, it's not one of the you know, foundational tools I use to handicap tennis matches. I think you make a good point. It isn't something that you necessarily start with, but it does make a difference. One of the examples I always think of is a player like Annette Contivate, who's better on slower courts i think of her frankly as a pretty good clay player but um, really up and down on hard courts but she does well on slower courts again indian wells she did well last year i think she also had a nice run at miami two courts that are generally known for being slower and struggles at some of the faster places spread it how do you think about this you know when you're watching matches when you're starting to put your handicap together is it something that you notice and you know how do you maybe personally judge whether a court is fast or slow well, yeah, I mean, you can just see it by uh, the level of the bounce, usually how high the ball bounces um, and how quick the serves are. I mean, are the serves going into um, the players, you know, the returner's sweet spot? Or are they a little lower? Uh, that's one thing I'm always looking for. And I think I use court speed maybe a little more uh, than Jorge does. And basically my idea is basically between like 10 and, and 60. I think the level of uh, talent is so close 
that any little edge can push push the match one way or the other. Um, so I do think it can be important um, when we're getting into these, you know, the depth of the WTA. Um, so any little edge I can try and find, I'm going to go ahead and take advantage of it. So, And I personally like the quicker courts. I believe the courts are being slowed down because of the men's game. And I understand why they're doing that for the men's game. But for the women's game, I think that the quicker courts are a lot more fun to watch. So if the rumors are true, I mean, of course, I couldn't watch qualities because it's 2020 and we can't figure out how to stream qualities. But, um, you know, if the rumors are true and these courts are quicker, I like it better for me as a fan. All right, let's dive into the draw. We've got a big draw this week, so we'll go quarter by quarter. Um, we'll start here in the first. The top seed, Karolina Pliskova has a bye. We've got Veronica Kudermatova, Alia Tamjanovic, Kristina Mladenovic is in here, Rebecca Peterson, uh, Mertens, Pocket Aces. I'm seeing Jennifer Brady. Kleisters is in the draw, but, folks, she has um, withdrawn with an abdominal injury that she's had for, like, two months. I don't know what the heck she's been doing, not being able to work on that. So make sure that when you're doing – your handicapping, um, that's updated. And then we've got a couple qualifiers in Sabalenka um, down at the bottom there with her bye. We'll start with you, Spread. What do you see here in this first quarter? Um, who do you think prevails? I mean, Jennifer Brady's been playing well, right? So I think this is a pretty nice quarter for her. Um, risk is always going to be tough, especially if they are quicker. You know I'm a big fan of Mertens here. And I also like uh, Pliskova as well, so... Um, looking at the prices, there wasn't any in this first quarter uh, that really jumped out to me. I see Pliskova at eight and a half to one. I mean, that seems right. Uh, Brady's only nine and a half to one, and if so, they've obviously adjusted really quick to her win. Mertens at twenty-eight to one uh, definitely is worth a look, and, and we'll swing back to that. Um, but I, this is a tough quarter. You know, and, and this is also a little different, too, because these quarters are a lot uh, juicier than maybe the ones we've been handicapping for the last couple of weeks in the international events. And then Allison Risk at 43 to 1 may be worth a look, but I don't know. It's a tough ask for any of these women. I think this is a pretty tough top quarter. I like what you pointed out um, in Mertens. And, you know, when you're going through the prices, by the way, everybody, make sure that you double check some of these. Some of the differences are wild. You mentioned Brady is at like 8.5 or 9.5. Um, I can actually get Brady at 20 to 1. I like what you said about Mertens. I'm seeing her at 40 to 1. I'm looking wow. at this is, this is DraftKings, which is basically yeah. Unibet or anybody that has a Canby book. And then the other name that stuck out to me in this top little section was uh, Kudermatova. I know that she did not look great in her first match last week, but she is 200 to 1 to win this tournament at, at Unibet. So, you know, she's got Pliskova there. I mean, Pliskova should do really well here, obviously, with the fast courts. It's, you know, numbers that caught my eye. I don't know if I'm making any plays. What did you see here, Jorge? Yeah, see, like, and I've got Merton's uh, 33 to 1 at Bet365 as well. So that's wow. three very different prices from 40, 33, and I like, think 28. So um, shopping is definitely going to be important this week. In terms of who I'd bet here, I, I agree with Spread. I think the only person I'd really look hard at is Merton's just because her little quadrant here. Um, Peterson is a very winnable first match. And then Sevastova Mladenovic. I mean, Sevastova is probably in the worst form we've seen her in, in years. And Mladenovic is just not someone that I'm scared of if I'm Elise Merton. So I, I I think she's got a fairly easy path to that third round against what should be Pliskova. And then that's why you've got the, you know, the, the nice price uh, and, and it's relatively cheap is because she's going up against the top seed or is projected to go up against the top seed in that third round. So I think that, you know, at 33 to 1 to get her into the final 
uh, uh, 16 players is well worth a look. Um, and you're, if she gets by Pliskova, I, I think she can make the finals relatively easily. I mean, this top half is... I mean, the whole draw right now, like the seeds just aren't nearly as intimidating right now as they would have been pre-pandemic. No, I agree. I think that Mertens look is really, really nice. Again, especially at that 40 to 1 price that we're seeing. You know, the, the first couple matches for her, I don't think she's going to have any trouble with Peterson, who's still not at 100%. Mladenovic, Sevastova, again, no trouble there. Now, Pliskova, again, is, is probably standing there, but um, I didn't get a chance to pull up their record head-to-head. I think they played once and Pliskova beat her, but I have no trouble with that matchup. Mertens is in good form, too. I mean, made it all the way to the final. You know, got beat fairly soundly by Halep, but that's just kind of life playing tennis. So 40 to 1, we like Mertens. Spread, was there anything that you actually wanted to bet? No, I mean, after I heard your prices, I realized how ripped off I'm getting. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we like Mertens 40 to 1, and that was it for you, Jorge, right? Yeah. All right, so let's jump into the second quarter. We'll start with you, Jorge, this time. We've got Osaka, we've got Mahova, I'm seeing Watson, Para, your favorite, Venus Williams, yes. um, Yastremska. Contivate, Collins, Buzkova, and Kvitova. A few qualifiers sprinkled in there as well. Um, how do you see this second quarter playing out? If there was ever a time that I would just love to back the the kind of, I would say favorite, but she's top co-favorite in this quarter, at least in the outright market at Bet365, Petra Kvitova, this is it. I mean, who really intimidates you if you're Petra Kvitova in this quarter? Uh, I mean, I'm seeing, yeah, it's 10 to 1 at both Unibet and Bet365. And, you know, every every quarter, by the way, we should also mention that it's going to be really tough with the qualifier lucky loser spots because there's 12 of them. And then Kleister's withdrew, and I'm not positive whether that goes to a lucky loser uh, or qualifier or uh, how that works, but there could be 13. So there's going to be, there's a lot of holes in this uh, draw to fill out. But, I mean, Osaka has not played much. Doesn't really, you know, concern me. Yastremska and Venus. I mean, yeah, I don't have to say more on that. Uh, Annette Contivate is someone that, you know, I like as a player, but on on hard courts is definitely going to be a big underdog to Kvitova. Uh, Buzkova, qualifier, lucky loser. Collins, qualifier, lucky loser. Contivate, qualifier. Yastremska, Williams, Watson, Para, qualifier. Who scares you here? I mean, I, I, I'm not one to bet favorites usually, but good Lord, 10 to 1 here seems like a very nice price. It does. I was, I was looking at that one as well. What are you thinking here, Spread? Yeah, I mean, I have her winning this quarter in the bracket that I filled out. And it was tough because I went against, you know, the idea that we've had, and that was playing against players on their first day back. But with Kavitov's veteran experience, the fact that she has missed time before and was able to jump back um, – fairly quickly i think she has a pretty good idea how to get herself prepared um without the actual competition um so that's why i went ahead and believed in here her as well here and i think this quarter is easier than the top quarter so it'd be easier for me um to lay that shorter price on the favorite um than it would be maybe in the first quarter yeah, I think your only concern has to be Osaka, but we have not seen her play. We don't know what kind of shape she's in. You know, if she comes out and is playing really good tennis, I think that match Osaka Kvitova is basically a coin flip. Um, but given that we have seen Kvitova play, I mean, not in the last few weeks, but she was playing in some events in the Czech Republic, so we have an understanding of 
you know, what she looks like competitively, at least in the last month or so. I mean, does Osaka give you any hesitancy at all, Jorge, or are you just not worried about it? Because, again, she's out of form, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, she's also someone that I'm not – I've never been keen on back here in the outright markets because she's someone who has to go on a real tear and sustain it because her game is so inconsistent. She'll have three matches where she looks like the number one player in the world, and then the next match she'll lose to, like, a Cerebes Tormo. You know what I mean? Like, that's just who she is because she'll hit 40 on four stairs in a two-set in a two set match. So I, I, I'm not f fond of backing that type of player in uh, the outright markets just because you need to... It's almost guesswork as, as to which tournament she's going to keep that level up at, and I'm just... I just don't do it. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. I'm probably going to stay away from this. I think maybe I have just a tad bit more respect for Osaka and her ability to kind of get in shape. It is an interesting quarter in that both have an opportunity to kind of play themselves into shape. They have a bye in the first round. Um, you know, Mahova, I think, is more difficult than maybe Buzkova for Kvitova, but I don't think either of those matches should be difficult. And both players have a style, frankly, that will actually probably be a good kind of warm-up match to start. And then Osaka, you, you really don't know what's going to happen with that little section beneath hers. It's probably a Stremska, but I wouldn't be surprised if Para or even Watson is, is there waiting for her. And then you look at Kvitova again, like you said, it's Contivate, it's maybe Collins. Not too much of a struggle, but uh, Kvitova is definitely one of the, the favorites that I would consider betting. But I'll give that one a little bit more thought. Um, let's jump into the third quarter. We've got Joe Conta, Siniakova, uh, Marketa Vondrasova, Maria Sakkari, Coco Goff's in here, Yulia Putinseva, I see AVU, and noted mother Serena Williams, the third seed. Um, spread, what do you think? Is this Serena's quarter? Can anybody knock her off? And um, is she here to win this week? I know last, the last time we saw her, she was actually pretty open and honest about that, but maybe she cares a little more here since this is a higher level event. But go ahead, Spread. Yeah, I mean, I would think she would be right. There's not going to be any travel involved, so um, there's no reason to get out of town soon. Um, she got her great matches to warm up. Let's be honest, her mobility didn't look that good. The consistency didn't look that good. Um, as a person getting older myself and feeling a lot slower, I know it comes and it comes quick. So really be interesting if she's still able to compete. I'll tell you what, in my draw, I have I have Coco Goff going past her, which to me, if you would have told me this six months ago, I would have you know not believed it but uh coco is playing well and i think when you're young you spend all your quarantine time training whereas when you're older you're working with your family you have a lot of stuff going on um you might not be 100 percent focused and i thought golf looked great uh in the last tournament um i mean i just think that her natural reflexes and just instincts are, are fantastic and off the chart i think that's going to be so fun and i think she's going to be so pumped up for the match that we're definitely going to get the same um, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about the intensity level. Um, and I think she's going to have nothing to lose there. Well, Serena will be the one feeling the pressure. Um, and this is a tough one because we talked about the qualifiers kind of having an edge here. Uh, we don't know where they're placed, but this is heavy with qualifiers. So while we see some big names like Siniakova, Lynette, Vondrasova, um, and AVU, I mean, all four of those, I mean, not all four, but it wouldn't surprise me if a couple of those dropped to a qualifier who had gained some form, uh, I, you know, got some experience on the courts and then just went against a player that was kind of cold. Um, so I think this this quarter can be a landmine, but uh, I, th I actually have Coco Goff coming out of it, as wild as that sounds, as we used to say she's overrated. But just with the court experience she's had in the last couple of weeks and the fact that it really looked like she really used her time off 
um, to the to the utmost importance and and raised her game. Um, I think we're going to get a match of a lifetime against Serena, her best effort, and then let's see where it goes from there. Yeah, I like what you mentioned in terms of the qualifiers. Again, just to circle back, one of the things that we noticed in some of these tournaments, qualifiers who've had a chance to play and get a little bit of form have done very well against players that haven't played in a couple months. Um, now, you went through the list. I, I think Siniakova, Lynette, Navy, you are definitely spots to circle when we get the qualifiers in those first-round matches. But the fourth name, I, I don't necessarily agree with you on, and I'll let Jorge talk about this a little bit, but there's somebody in the top of this quarter that we liked, isn't there, Jorge? Yeah, and you know what? This is... This is going to prompt me to redeposit at Unibet, maybe for like minimum, because they started limiting me, so I withdrew everything, went to Coolbet, like picked up my ball and went home kind of thing, because I was losing. Uh, not losing, but limited, because I was winning, but you know what I mean. Um, Marquette Vondrasova here, 80-1 to 1 at Unibet is, I mean, that's thoroughly irresponsible. It's insulting. It's not insulting to Marquetta. It's insulting to us and our intelligence. You know what I mean? Like, I feel personally insulted by that number. She has a uh, should have a walk to Serena in the or whoever comes out of that other uh, part of the quarter in the quarterfinals. I mean, w- what on earth? I mean, qualifier and then qualifier or Lynette and then qualifier Sinyakova or Conta, who you know has not looked good for a long time now and is a very streaky player. Eighty to one is is disrespectful. She's one of the best young players in the world. I can just say she's one of the best players in the world in general now, I think. Yep. I don't have to qualify that anymore. Uh, I've been big on Vondra Sova forever, uh, and I'm, I'm going to back her here as well. And remember, she's only 22-1 to 1 at Bet365, which is far more reasonable. If this is a Unibet kind of almost a Unibet-only bet. Yeah, and again, double-check some of your stuff. I know DraftKings has it. There's a, pro- a lines provider called Canby that basically provides all these lines. So double-check your books. You might have a, a good price, and it is wild to see that. I mean, I can't remember the last time we've seen a price that was that far off. I mean, a lot of times you'll see 20, 40s or 10s, 20s, even like a 15, 30, but 80 versus 20. And, I mean, honestly, I think both numbers are kind of wrong. 20 is obviously too low and 80 is too high but it's a great opportunity and I thought you broke that down nicely it's just as you start to look at the quarter and what is generally a pretty rough tournament there's not many obstacles for her until she gets to Serena if Serena's even standing there so I think that that's a great grab at uh, 80 to 1 and I guess maybe a better question Jorge what would be the lowest number you would want to take Vondrasova at for people that are out hunting you know what? I think the 22 at Bet365 is about right. I look at that number, and I love her quarter, but then I look at, I look at it and say, eh, I don't know if I want to bet it. So I'd go anything 25 or above is, is probably where, where I'd look to go. I think, like I said, 365 has nailed this price at 22. So if you get 25 to 30, uh, that's the range where you start seeing some value. Anything over that is just a cherry on top. I would want a little more, maybe something in the 30s. If you could find a 40, that would be really nice. But again, I think that speaks to you know what we're talking about in terms of just the wild pricing here at 80. So um, that's an exciting one to be on. Let's jump into the fourth quarter. We've got Madison Keys. We've got Ohms Jabor, Iga Swiatek, um, Alexandrova, Rybakina, Vekic, Azarenka, um, some players we used to care about, and Sophia Kennan. Um, spread, when you take a look at this fourth quarter, what do you see? I know that um, you're reeling a little bit from that Jabor outright ticket that you were so excited about, but uh, <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking? What are you so here's, the here's two players that I'm always a sucker for, and they might play in the second round. Madison Keys and Owens Jabor. <laughs> no, I overrate both those players, and now I'll get a chance to watch them face off. Um, 
Of course, my numbers are so not generous compared to yours. It's just unbelievable. I'm seeing Madison Keys at 15 to one, and and she's the defending champion, right? So um, I don't know how much that plays into it, um, but it, it does have to be noted. Um, and then Owens Jabor, I don't even have a price for her. That's that's wild that uh, they didn't even spread a price for her here on uh, Bookmaker. But um, 100, 100 to one on uh, Unibet. I mean, I would do it for 100 to 1. And Bet365, for that matter. Yeah, they're both 100 to 1. She's in that range. All right, well, I'll be interested to see if you guys put her down at that price because I didn't have a price for her. Um, you know that we're really big on, on Sviatek as a pod, so, of course, that's going to be an issue. Alexandrova also could be an issue here. Um, and Kennan, you know. Uh, how much will this uh, get her a chance to get back on track? You know, I think that she's got a nice little path here um, until she gets to the uh, quarters. So, um, Kennan's worth a look, but of course they've priced her out of it at, at nine to one. No value there at all. Uh, if I'm going to get involved with anyone on my bookmaker that's less than ten to one, I'm taking Petra out of this group of Serena, Sophia, Carolina, Naomi, and Petra. That my alls that are under. 10 to 1. Oh, Sabalenka and Brady. Yeah, but I'm taking Petra out of those. So, uh, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to place an outright in this quarter. Madison Keys 15 to 1. Maybe if you guys talked me into it, but you know I overrate her. And she hasn't been playing, so don't think she's going to be able to defend her title. Uh, if I had that owns number, I'd be all over it, though. Yeah, I'm really disappointed that Alexandrova and Rybakina have to play each other in the first round. I would love yeah. to have an outright on each of them, but they kind of cancel each other out. It's just a shame. It's a really nice spot in the draw. I wish they would have given it just to one of them and maybe put the other one somewhere else. But it just makes it really tough. What do you see here in the fourth quarter, um, Jorge? I was thinking Kennan, but I don't know if I love the number. You know what I see? I see Alexandrova and Rubikina have to play each other while Stevens and Garcia is another first-round match. Can we, like, start a petition so, like, in the next day, collect a million signatures so we can have, like... <laughs> Two of them switch, so Stevens has to play a good player and Garcia has to play a good player instead of a dumpster fire match and a really high-quality match. It's just... Anyway, uh, <laughs> Iga Sviatek. I mean, do I have to say it? I think there's two rules on this podcast. Always bet Zidancic on clay. Always bet Sviatek <laughs> over 50-1. to 1. Those are my two rules. 80-1, uh, to 1, I mean, I just... I said it on Twitter and I just realized I think she might be my favorite player in the world. Like, I legitimately think I would cheer for her against Alina Svitolina. Which wow! Which technically means that I have a she is my favorite player. I adore that girl, man. She is my absolute favorite. She is so so good. Her game is so well rounded. She's got pop. She's got a great first serve. She can move. She's got good variety. There's no weakness in terms of uh, either either wing. She can play down the line with off both wings. Like everything you'd want a tennis player, she has my absolute favorite. Eighty to one. She's young. Um, you know, and I don't care how long it takes. It might take 50 tournaments for her to win one. But if I'm getting 80 to 1 on all of those, guess what? It's profit. I'm going to continue to bet her no matter what on any surface over 80 to 1. Uh, that is my outright here. And I think that, you know, Alexandrova Rubikina are a little bit scary in that second round. Alexandrova less so. I think Rubikina has a little bit more consistency to her game. I think Sviatek will just force errors out of Alexandrova. I'm not so worried about that. But I don't think Elena's played in a while. So no, that also uh, is, is a, a bit reassuring. And Madison Keys, you know, the, the defending champ thing, I think, would have to do more with points. But I'm not sure how the point system is working post-pandemic. 
um, and it's not the same venue, right? So I think for me that it's not as intimidating. And I'm going to go ahead and bet Iga here. Uh, 80 to 1 at Unibet is another very irresponsible line. She's only 41 at 365. And even that, I would I would probably still say that's value right down to 30 to 1. I'd say 30 to 1 is probably where I'd not better. But, I mean, this quarter doesn't scare me that much. Her game does not match up poorly with Cannon's at all. She's got a very similar game, I think, but she's got more pop in her ground strokes and her serve. And she's as rock solid as Kennan can be. So she doesn't have the Grand Slam title Kennan has, right? She doesn't have that big uh, resume point that everyone, you know, casual fans look at and say, oh, Kennan, she's a Grand Slam winner. She's got to win this quarter. You know what I mean? Like, so I think a lot of people are going to overlook her, but I think her game matches up very well with Kennan if she gets there in the quarters. Yeah, Kennan, the more I look at it, it's, that bottom section's a little trickier than you might think. Um, I actually expect McNally to be there in the second round, and McNally had a little success against her in some of their world team tennis matches, so I know that she's not going to be afraid there. Now, Kennan's the much better player, obviously, and she'll be coming off a bye, but even after that, she's looking at maybe Vekic, maybe as a Renka in that spot. Those aren't easy matches, so um, Kennan, you know, might be a little beat up as Swiatek basically comes off. The toughest match there, honestly, is probably the winner of Rybakina Alexandrova. Like you said, we haven't seen much of Keys. Jabor's been playing well, but I think Swiatek has the talent and uh, won't mind the junk ball stuff there as well. So I like that. Um, gentlemen, any other thoughts here on the fourth quarter or outrights in general before we do a quick recap? Nope. All right, so looking at it, um, Jorge, you've got Kvitova. I believe you said 10-1. to 1. Um, you and I also have Mertens, Vondrasova, and Schweitek. Mertens at 40 to 1, Vondrasova at 80. Again, we like anything 30 to 1 or better there. Schweitek at 80. What do you think of the, the low number for you on Schweitek would be? You said you'd probably bet 43, or would you want to be a little stingy and wait for 45 or 50? No, no. Schweitek, I'd go right down to, to, well, I'd have it at 30, so I wouldn't bet down to 30. I'd probably bet anything. Uh, 37 and above you're not going to find 37s though you're going to find 40s uh right. 40 and above it, it works bet 365 has it there that's probably where i'd 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 bet it at 365 but i wouldn't bet it as large as i would 80 to 1 at unibet yep that makes sense so again mertens 40 vondrasova 80 or 40 to 1 or better really schweitek we're taking 80 we'd like 40 to 1 or better kvitova 10 to 1 i think that's that's a pretty solid price that you'd be able to find and i wouldn't go too much worse than that spread did you end up picking anybody i can't remember recall i mean i wish i had your dog prices because i would definitely jump in um on owens jabor at 100 to 1 um but because the only price that i have that's even close to what you're saying is kvitova i'll make that pl my play all right. Well, hopefully you get owns Jabor. What is the lowest number you would play Jabor at? 50. Okay. So Jabor 50 to 1 or better. We'll put that I'll put that on the list here. Maybe we'll that'll pop up later. Hopefully you'd get a chance to play. That. I don't think Yeah, I mean, my other interest. offshore markets haven't even opened yet. So, um, this is actually great that we're doing it now and as soon as they open, I'll, I'll have exactly um, know exactly what I'm targeting. And hearing your numbers, I mean, boy, I just feel like I'm getting ripped off. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, I feel like I'm going to Taco Bell and they're charging me like $10 for a taco. This is just terrible. <laughs> well, then the bookie man. did their job. That's what they're yeah, trying to no. do, right? <laughs> yeah. The tough life of betting in the United States in a state that's not regulated. Land of, Land of the free. Land of the free, baby. Someday, the, someday California will get there. 
<laughs> all right, let's jump into the first round matches. Um, we'll just run down all through these quickly. We have odds for, I think, just about all of them besides the qualifiers qualifiers by now. First one's up. This should be a lot of fun if both players are in form. Alexandrova, plus 108 against Rybakina, minus 139. That might be just a little value in the dog there. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I'm taking Alexandrova here. Um, uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm just a big fan of hers. So, uh, obviously, Rybakina is a sharp player. Probably deserves to be the favorite. And if it is a quicker surface, as rumored, um, you know, that F definitely helps her. But I love the way Alexandrova plays. If I can get her at a dog price against the player, I think she should be 50-50 against. I'm going to place that bet. What do you think, Jorge? I mean, that's this is the ultimate pass for me. Um, I, I'm going to watch it. I mean, this is my favorite match to watch, probably of the first round so far. We'll see how the qualifiers get placed. That may change, obviously. Uh, but this is probably the match of the first round for me at this at this stage. Yeah, I think it absolutely is. We'll go down through and see if we find a better one. But that is an absolutely great one to start with. Um, next up, we've got Cornet against McNally. McNally, a small dog, a plus 116 or 2.16, if you will. Um, what do you think here, Jorge? Uh, this one, I, I actually like Cornet. Like, call me crazy, but McNally hasn't been very good this year, right? Up and down at best. I mean, she's... She was. She's supposed to be a very solid prospect. She's still really young, um, but I remember I looked at her explore. I bet her last week against Jabour, who had taken that you know insane travel, and I didn't even have the travel factor, and I wasn't even aware of the travel at the time. I thought McNally was uh, value. I think at plus one forty without that long travel to Lexington factored in. Well, now you tell me that, you know, you look at her explore. You look at her, her records this year. It's just not very impressive at all. So I think that I have to play Cornet here just because until McNally shows me something, um, you know, she's just, she's, she's been bad, period. I mean, and this dates back to pre-pandemic. Since February, she, you know, lost to Francoise Abanda in Nicholasville, lost to Sasha Vickery, 6-2, that's, that's a horrible loss. World Team Tennis, even in, during the pandemic, Pagula handled her easily. Then Jabour beat her 6-2-6-4, right? It's just, that's just bad. Yeah, it's a stay away from me. I might look at possibly an over, but just a, a lot of undecideds here. It's tough to kind of figure it out. Next up, we've got Kudermatova against Tomljanovic. Kudermatova, a dog. I'm seeing plus 125. Tomljanovic, minus 143. I'm a little confused here, Jorge. Is the wrong woman favored? Um, I think I'd probably stay away here. I, 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 as much as we love Kudermatova, matchup-wise, I, I this is one of those spots where I think that Tomjanovic actually matches up pretty well here. I think she's got a bit more power to her game, and Kudermatova's not exactly a wall or a, an ultra-defensive player that can kind of wear it down and wait for those errors. So I'm not totally sold on her here. I think I'm going to pass on this one. I think for me, this is a little bit more about form. Tomlianovich hasn't been very good, and you know, Kudermatova obviously didn't look great um, getting blown out by Bouchard in her first match back. But this is another one. It feels, again, similar to kind of that Alexandrova match, where I'm not sure why this, why anyone is really that big of a favorite. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I'm going to stay away from this match. These are two women that are both struggling to find their form, and, and if you can find an edge, God bless you, but I, I don't see one here. Peterson's got Mertens. Mertens, Peterson's plus 222 or 3.22. Mertens, a fairly big favorite. 
spread any angles here for you uh is there a, is there spreads up for this um, Can let we... me double check i believe that there is here but like I would think minus, the spread would be right around like the minus four range Jorge did you happen to take a look at this spread or do you know off the top of your head what it might be uh, no and my computer is really acting up right now um, or at least my chrome is so <laughs> alright yeah the only way I'd get involved would be like maybe a minus three and a half here on Mertens other than that the price seems right yeah I think that would be tough let me see I finally have bookmaker open here let's see what they have for this match yeah I'm seeing minus four and a half so yeah, that's that's okay, a pretty yeah, solid. That's, that's no a play. pretty solid number. Yep. I might look at. I'm looking at a total of twenty here. That's probably right, but I'm leaning under, so I'll think about that just a little bit more. Putin Seva's got uh, Shui Zhang. First time we've seen Shui Zhang back. Putin Seva played um, last time, last tournament, I believe. Putin Seva the favorite, uh, minus one sixty nine. I'm seeing Zhang plus one thirty five or two point three five. I forget what minus one seventy is, Jorge. But what do you think about Putin Seva here? Um. I mean, all in. <laughs> Can I just push all my chips into the middle? Like, really? Really? yeah. I, I mean, this wow. should be for me. It should be around a dollar forty-five, not a dollar sixty. Um, I wow. think her like she's not going yeah, to I, be. I, I tend to agree. Yeah, with she's that. not going to be bothered by Zhang's. Uh, she's not bothered by power against anyone, even bigger hitters than Zhang. She's not going to be bothered by the consistency because. That's what she does is she plays that kind of push and, and keep the ball in kind of game. And she's had more uh, more matches under her belt. I'll definitely be on Putin save in some form here. There, like, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I'm seeing minus three, um, minus 110. So, you know, basically standard juice there. And I agree. You know, this is Zhang's first match back since March, I believe. Putin save has been playing. And from a matchup perspective, I mean, spread, unless you are seeing something much different, it sounds like you might be. I mean, I, I was a little bit intrigued by that price, but hearing you guys on the other side, I'll just stay off. I don't think there's any reason to force these first-round matches, especially with a bunch of players that we have no idea about the form on. Um, and I guess I was just assuming that, that Zhang would, would keep herself in shape um, and, and be a hard worker. Um, but, wow, yeah, after hearing you guys say that, I'm staying off for sure because I was going to look at the dog price, but um, thanks for take, talking me off that one. Next up, we've got Anna Samova playing Risk. Um, another match where, again, neither player has played too recently. They both played in June. Um, taking a look at the price right now, it's very close. Plus 102, minus 128 for Anna Samova. So right around 2 and then right around 1.8 for Anna Samova. A little less than that, like 1.79. But um, what are you seeing here, Jorge? Do you have any feel for this match? It seems like the bookmakers are kind of just tossing their hands up at this one. You know what? I actually... I really like fading Anisimova here. Um, now I hate, I hate to like I don't want to bring this into it necessarily. I know I think her her late dad's birthday was right around this time, and who knows, right? Who knows what kind of motivation that might provide? Um, and I think you have to consider it. You can't base your handicap on it, but I think you have to consider it whether. Uh, in some form and it's it's you know you hate to do it and it's not something you want to bring up or think about but when it comes down to business you have to but i think allison risk if if the courts are quicker here um this is going to benefit her really well she does not mind uh playing uh players with power she likes quicker surfaces she'll take the ball early and if she takes anisimova's pace early um it gives anisimova less time to react and get to uh 
you know, the, the get ready for the subsequent shot that she's going to have to make. I really like the matchup here, um, and I'm going to go ahead and back Allison in some form. I'm looking at over two and a half sets here. If I can get a price better than 2.5 or plus 150, that's going to end up being a play for me. What do you think here, Spread? Do you have any angle? Yeah, I'm with Jorge on this. I like risk just from a matchup perspective. Uh, quicker courts. Um, I think that should favor her, and I just think she matches up well. She's not going to be bothered by the power. I think she's actually going to feed into it. Um, she wants to play quick points um, and you know either hit winners, hit errors, and have her opponent do the same. I think she's going to be a little more comfortable in this situation. Uh, I get a veteran player probably feeling a little less pressure, and I get uh, dog money. I'm taking Allison Risk. Goff, a favorite over Maria Sakkari. Sakkari, I'm seeing plus 127 or 2.27. Goff, minus 161 or 1.62. Am I nuts, Jorge? Is there a little value on Goff? You know what? I, I totally agree. And it's only because, one, I like, with Maria, the, the problem with Maria Sakkari is that when you have her playing, she is so hot and cold. And either you get the grinder with who can hit with a bit of pace herself and redirect everything and paint lines, and she's impossible to beat, or you get someone who can't hit a shot into the court, can't hit the broadside of a barn, and you can beat 6-3, 6-3. And I think here it doesn't matter which one shows up because Goff is a player who is very good mover. She's incredibly smart, like high tennis IQ, if you will. Um, one, I believe it was Matthew Willis. I'm not, I might have been someone else actually. Uh, showed a, a few clips of her shots and her points against Sabalenka. And was saying like just... Look at how she thinks through this point. Look what she's doing, hitting on the run and off balance with such accuracy. is just, it's incredible for such a, it's incredible in general, let alone for someone so young. Um, and I think that is exactly what you want going up against even Maria Sakkari if she's in her best form. Uh, how about you, Spread? You jumping on board? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Jorge. It's weird for her playing style for her to be so inconsistent, right? Because usually the grinders are the ones that we can count on to show up, grind every single time, you know, and and then the form of their opponent dictates who wins or loses. Um, Sakari, I think, is kind of a defensive grinding style player who's wildly inconsistent, so that makes her tough to handicap. Um, you know, I don't like laying minus 150 here because I think if the best Sakari does show up, she might have something for her. Um, but I just don't know what the chances are of that we're not showing up and anything less than that. I, I've really, I've been really so impressed with, with Goff and I understand all the hype now. Um, I love watching her from the baseline, just great instinct, great reflexes. So at, at minus 152, I still do think there's value in it. If the red line soccer shows up, which is weird because her red line isn't just blasting winners. It's just not making errors. Um, you know, she's obviously got a chance to beat her, but I think we got value here. I totally agree. Next up, Savastova's got Mladenovic. Savastova favored. She's minus <laughs> 160. I'm seeing Mladenovic plus 127. You know, pretty similar prices to, again, Goff. So, you know, that puts Savastova right around 1.63. Mladenovic at 2.27. Um, what are you thinking here, Jorge? Sorry, can you guess how to get my computer crashed there? I had to reload. Um, I dipped out and had to come back in. No, that's okay. We'll start with you, Spread, then. What do you think of the Savastova-Mladenovic match? I'm kind of surprised Mladenovic is the dog. Yeah, how am I not taking Kiki here, right? I mean, I, I've already queued this one up and made it for a bet. All I want to make sure is that I haven't missed anything. Um, how is Kiki not favored here? It's beyond me. I, I make her a small favorite in this matchup. Plus 127, that's definitely a play for me. Jorge, are you back up and running? Yep, and I completely agree. I don't know how you don't bet 
Kiki, all things considered, with uh, Seven Stovas form here. I don't know how you you don't better. What do you think about Kiki 2-0 then? here? I actually think Lede- uh, if Savasova loses here, I don't know if it goes 3. I mean, maybe if she takes the first set, then I'll just take Mladenovic live. But I wonder live. if Mladenovic 2-0 is an interesting look. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't hate it at all. I think if you can, when you get when you get dog money like this on someone who... <laughs> See, Kiki's another player. Like you would, you would rather this be someone else. Now I know I say that, and again, you wouldn't have the same price if it was someone else. But I think you you need to go with all the alts you can find. Reverse two nothing. If you, if your book has reverse uh, handicaps, play them. Play minus two, minus three games. Because if Kiki wins, it's not going to be seven five, six seven seven six. You know what I mean? I feel like it's going to be a, a six three. 7-5 or 7-5-6-3 kind of match. So if you can get reverse handicaps up to, you know, plus 150, plus 160, take them. If you're going to better to win, bet as much or as many of the reverse or alternative lines as you possibly can. All right, the next match is one that would have been a lot of fun a couple of years ago, but unfortunately they're playing this week in the year of 2020. <laughs> um, Jorge, I know that you don't really feel like talking about this, but I'll give you a chance before we let Spread, because Spread's a nice guy, and I know he'll at least give us a minute or two here. What do you mean? I, I, I'd love to talk about this match. Yeah. I would absolutely love to insult both of these players. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a dumpster fire. Um, it is a match that no one should be watching. I mean, there is no reason to watch this match unless you absolutely hate yourself. Even if you bet on it, which, again, do not bet on this match. But if you do, don't watch it. Spread, do you think people know what match we're talking about? Well, I'll fill them in. It's going to be Sloan Stevens (laughs) versus Caroline Garcia. And I'm not getting involved either. But the only thing I would say is it's interesting about these two women who have definitely fallen off. Um, Carol seems like she's fallen off from trying too hard. And Stevens seems like she's fallen off from not trying hard enough. So an interesting dichotomy there of my little amateur psychology. I mean, what do you mean, Spread? I just saw the other day the WTA was telling me that in 2017, Caroline Garcia won a title. I'm sure if they're <laughs> yeah, tweeting about that today, it's relevant. Yes? Yeah, fly with Carol, right? Yeah, She went two. Two in a row, I yeah. think it was, all the way in China. <laughs> no, so, I mean, she looked so poised for a breakout, right? And, um, and just hasn't happened. And you watch her on the court and the amount of pressure she puts on herself. And, of course... Um, we've talked about, you know, that she should she needs a real coach. Um, but she really presses in her matches where Stevens looks downright um, like she, she doesn't care. You know, she's fine with it. You know, she's just out there having a good time, maybe the same way we would all be on a Saturday morning if we went out and started hitting the ball around, right? We would, you know, if Jorge beat me, I wouldn't go home and beat myself up. I kind of feel the same way about Sloan Stevens here. But But didn't she win tournaments once too? So you want a I big mean, one. This is this is a marquee matchup. These are two <laughs> tournament winners from like 2017. Gigantic. How like I take back what I said. Can I put outrights on both of these? Winners, oh wow. The sad <laughs> part is you're right. They're, this might be the night match. They might give this like the the oh, it will be. alone. Ugh. It will be. So gross. I mean, Sloan's still a draw. Yeah, that's the problem. That's I mean, the problem. She's fun. She's a, uh, she's a great personality. Um, she is the American Jeannie Bouchard. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah, she's even on the Sports Illustrated. You're right. I can't tell if that hurts or it's a compliment. That it should hurt. Oh, okay. It's definitely not a compliment. <laughs> it's definitely not a compliment. All right, let's keep moving forward. Um, we've got next up Vekic as a ranker. This could be kind of fun. What do you think here, spread? Vekic minus one eighty-five. So 
um, like 1.55, I believe. Azarenko, plus 147 or, close, or 2.47. Um, what do you see here, Spread? I mean, I like Donna a lot here. I, I think Azarenka is another one I talked about where for, you know, parents, older people in the pandemic, I think it's harder to focus on tennis when you've already established your career, you have millions in the bank, and you have family and responsibilities to look out after. Where these younger players, um, Becca still needs to make a name for herself. Seems like she stayed on the courts a little more. And Azarenka even talked about having problems staying motivated during her training, during uh, the quarantine and during the off time. So um, I get a player that's basically focused on her career versus a player who's basically having fun playing tennis at this point and does it because she loves the game um, but doesn't necessarily have that same drive or need um, to prove herself. Because let's be honest, if Azarenka said she retired after this tournament, we would all we, we do a pod and we talk about what great – uh, things she had done as a player, uh, her great contributions to the game of tennis, and, and how she had a wonderful career. So, um, Bekic needs this a lot more. I think she's going to be in better form, and I'm really not looking to back Azarenka anytime soon unless she shows me something different um, just because she is a wonderfully talented player that I don't think is is applying herself right now. I think I agree with that Bekic or pass take. How about you, Jorge? Um. Yeah, it's like the reverse dogger pass, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can get... See, this is the problem. Like, 1x bet is such a tease. Like, I really wish they weren't such, you know, scam artists when it comes to withdrawals. But Pinnacle's going to go up to four and a half games on the alts at plus 124. Um, open plus 117. And, like, how is Azarenka taking money here? Even on the spread... Or the handicap, sorry. Uh, on the money line, Vekic is taking money. There's still value. Um, we saw, like, Venus Williams crushed her. Is there is there anything I need to say more than you were crushed by Venus Williams? <laughs> need I say me. any more than that? I'm not even, like, uh, let me go to Pinnacle right now. I want to open up my Pinnacle, see how much money they'll they'll take on Vekic's uh, handicaps. Um, because they're all value. And, of course, I say this, and I'm going to put a ton of money on Vekic. And Azarenka, who got her ass kicked by Venus, is now going to probably win this match. Double bagel. Like, you just know it. And it's, just, like, and it's one of those things. What, what was that match uh, yesterday, Noops? We were chatting in, a, in, in, the, in our chat, and you said, I'm betting this, it's value, and I know it's going to lose. Oh, the Kuzmova uh, min and under. I was ready for two days to lose that bet. I still bet <laughs> it. It was over 21 games. It's a bad number. It, been it was a cheap 21. It should have been an expensive 21 and a half. I bet it, and before the match, I said it's going to finish 7-5, 6-2. And do you know what it finished? Seven five six two. And sure enough, I'm too much of a jerk to actually bet correct scores. But such is life. Yeah, and so it, this is the exact same concept. I am thoroughly prepared. This match could go Sunday, and I will have the exact same situation as you. I am going to bet Vekic. I'm going to see what the limits are, and I am ready to lose that bet. It's, it's just going to lose. It's one of those, like, it's a gut feeling, but it doesn't matter. That it's all value. It's worth it. You play it when you see it, even if you have a feeling it's going to lose. This is the thing I hate people all the time. Well, what do you mean you're going to bet it if you think she loses 60% of the time? Well, I mean, the implied odds say that, you know, she only needs to win 25% of the time. That's a massive edge. People, like, it's, that's far too prevalent um, today in betting. And this is one of those situations where I just, I have a feeling she's not going to cover it. But the value is there. I have this as a uh, four and a half game spread around the, the 1.9 minus 110 mark. And it's three and a half at 1.9. That's a full game. And it's a full game 
crossing two key uh, half games. Love it. I, to, you have to bet it. Next up, Para, small favorite. Well, decent favorite. Minus 150 or 1.67 over Heather Watson at plus 120 or 2.2. Do you think that's... That's about right, Jorge. I can't tell if there's a little value on Para at that number or not. Para is a tough one to gauge, um, and I let, it's it's that's why it's so hard to bet her matches here. I don't like betting her as a favorite, but man, I do love fading, and, and we and you guys know this. I love fading Heather Watson, so I'm kind of like I have that dilemma going on here. Um, I just think Heather Watson is going to be overvalued. I think she is here. I think she should be closer to 2.4, and Paris should be a lot closer to 1.5. So I, I do see value, like a decent amount of value on Para actually. As much as I, I'm not huge on backing someone like her as a favorite. Um, you know, sometimes you have to have exceptions to rules, and I think this is one of them. Spread, what do you see in here? I can't bet this match here. I really don't know what to make of either of these players. Um, I consistently get them wrong. Um, I say Watson's terrible, and then she comes out and plays great, you know, and then I back her, and she doesn't do very well. And Para, I don't really know what to make of her either, and I definitely don't want to bet her as a favorite. So I would lean Para, but I'm not laying the juice with Bernardo Para. There's way better spots. And if it comes down to it, I mean, I could just wait till round two and find a better spot. I'm not going to force anything um, like this, especially on a player like Bernardo Para as a favorite. Now, the last match we have is very interesting. Diana Stremska minus 210. A little less than 1.5, like 1.4849, something like that. Um, Venus Williams plus 160, 2.6. Now, Spread, I have an interesting question for you because I think it might be more fun to ask you, what do you think Jorge is going to do with this match, Spread? Oh my, it's too bad that he's, he, he just enjoys fading one of the greatest players of all time. Um, <laughs> someone who grew up listening to the same music as me. Um, <laughs> No, I know. I we know that we know that this is probably a mismatch. Strems is coming into her prime. Um, Venus is a little past it. My only thing I would say for Venus is maybe she's a little comfortable playing uh, in North America. But other than that, I don't see how you get involved here. I think you might get a surprise here, spread. Jorge, break it down for us. Oh my did gosh! We, did we talk me. about this? I don't think we talked about this before. How did you know? I can't remember. I feel Wait, like it, it, it popped up in something. You might have mentioned it in one of the chats we were in, and maybe it's just I, my brain. But I think that you're going to bet on Venus Williams. I am. No way. I am, and I, I, I am stunned. I'm almost. I am ninety percent positive that in no chat that we're in, I mentioned this. Like I am ninety percent positive that you just came out of nowhere and randomly predicted my second Venus bet in three years. Well, we'll have to go that check is, on that. That is incredible to me. That's, that's incredible be, to I'd me. Be, I'd be impressed um, with myself. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yes, why? I, I why am. Why on I earth am. are you betting, you of all people, betting on Venus Williams, who, again, is still yeah, 40 years old, folks? She's, she's, she's one of the greatest of all time, right? No. <laughs> uh, because well, she look, is, but I look, mean. <laughs> this is a good matchup for her. Uh, there's going to be a lot of pace in the rallies. And, I, you know, I'm not, I, I don't like small sample sizes per se, but she looked really good in Lexington, man, and I can't take that away from her. Um, she yeah, she looked really strong there. Her ground strokes look really crisp. She's going to be playing in a, in a power game, and you know what? She is far, far, far better at controlling her power than Yastremska is. Her serve looked a lot better. Um, and again, it, normally I'd say it's just a small sample size, one tournament. She might have had a little hot patch, but the fact is that she worked on those specific elements of her game uh, during the pandemic and came back and executed them well. Um, I think she wins at least a match here. 
I do. And I think plus 175, 2.75 at bet 365 is an insult. I think this should be a probably, I'd still have Yastrzemska favored. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going crazy and saying Venus should be favored here. I'm going to bet on her, which is already a step that people didn't expect. But I'm not going to go crazy and say she should be favored. But she should be around even money to, to plus 115, somewhere in that range. Um, and, you know, 2.75 is ridiculous in this match. Like, Yastrzemska is just not nearly consistent enough to warrant this kind of pricing. Like, she, like Bet365 has her 1.4. I think that's minus 225 or 250. That's it. That That's just mind-boggling to me. You can't do that. You can't. They, they have to be punished for that. And, I mean... You know, last the only other time I bet Venus in years, I got my ass handed to me. I think it was at Miami by uh, Carlos Suarez Navarro. It was Carlos Suarez Navarro oh, yeah. last year, uh, or pre It was either pre-pandemic or last year. Either way, we're doing it again. We're going back to the well, probably for the last time, ever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna bet Venus. Well, that I think is a fantastic end to the pod. Um, the only other angle I will add on that is I'm gonna hit some overs in that match. Over twenty and a half is at least. Half a game too mm. low. And I bet the first set over or under is a cheap over on nine and a half. And I'm going to be looking at maybe like an over 12 in that. I think there's a good chance that first set is 7-5, if not even a tiebreaker. But that finishes up our thoughts for the first round matches. Just to go back through quickly, Spread and I are thinking about Alexandrova. I'm going to give Kudermatova a nice long look. Um, we all feel good about Mertens winning. You know, look at her spread. I think that's a good parlay piece. We felt good about Putin Seva. You guys are looking at risk. We all like Goff. We like Mladenovic. Um, we like Vekic. And uh, Jorge's going to bet on Venus, folks. So you <laughs> might as well. I mean, fear of missing out either on the win or, you know, his meltdown. Get involved. Oh, the meltdown. Yes. All right, gentlemen. Anything else to add before we put a wrap on this? No, I th think we did it all. I mean, wow. I mean, to end like that, just uh, <laughs> save the best for last. Great job. And thanks to the folks at Odds Portal for putting that match last. I am not nearly that good of an organizer to have thought to put that last. <laughs> so thank you to them for making it out last in order. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate your support. We're sure you're following us on Twitter at NetworthPod so you can get everything as fast as possible. We will be doing some periscopes this week with our good friend Steve from Ace Tennis Previews. Um, appreciate a rating and review on whatever you're listening to the podcast for, and have a great week. Good luck in all your wagers.